Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. So vaccines development, vaccinating children, permitting double-vaxxed people to engage fully in public life, and what lies ahead. Joining us is one of the world's leading vaccination experts and proponents, Professor Peter Hotez, vaccine scientist. He's an author. His most recent book is Preventing the Next Pandemic, Professor of Pediatrics, Molecular Virology. Uh, Dr. Hotez is the Dean and Chair in Tropical Pediatrics at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas. Again, the author of, among other books, Preventing the Next Pandemic. Professor Hotez, it's been a while. Thank you for coming back on the program. How are you? No, thanks so much for having me, Roy. Good to hear from you. Uh, how do we can counter, and this goes back to something we were just talking about, and I know you've run into this. How, how's the best way to counter the continued vocal, aggressive anti-vaccine position? Yeah, you know, there's about a dozen or so talking points that are out there, you know, ranging from seemingly plausible things, you know, saying that vaccines cause infertility, which they don't, or, you know, they were rushed, which they weren't, all the way to crazy stuff, like there's microchips in there and they're going to track your whereabouts and and all sorts of conspiracy nonsense. I, you know, the truth is at this point, I think the specific talking points are less important than to realize who's putting out the disinformation. And right now, the the evolution of the anti-vaccine movement is that a major source is aggression coming from political extremism on the far right. So people who are adopting, you know, pretty far right wing uh, tendencies are now not getting vaccinated is a sort of defiance. I think you saw that demonstration in front of one of the state provincial capitals. I forget it was the Ottawa capital or, or one of the provincial mm-hmm. capitals in Canada. And it's just so self-defeating because right now, you know, in the U.S., 100,000 Americans have lost their lives over the summer and into the fall from COVID-19, despite the availability of safe and effective vaccines. 100,000 unvaccinated people lost their lives who didn't have to die. They they could have had their lives saved. And it's the most self-defeating Peric thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I received an email from a listener who uh, related to me she's been intimidated by family members into avoiding being vaccinated, even though she desperately wants to be. So she's she's not been. Professor Hodes, what about uh, vaccinating of children? What has to be considered? And how significantly important is vaccinating children as young as five years of age. Parents have sent me emails of concern about this. Yeah, you know, the um, vaccines have been are undergoing or completing testing now in kids 5 to 11. We already have them released for emergency use in the U.S. and for 12 to 17, um, and it's looking really good. And, and then the, it's under clinical trials for the 5 to 11-year-olds, and possibly later this month we might hear some uh, approvals to move forward on this. And, you know, one of the problems is parents who are reluctant to vaccinate their teenagers have even been more reluctant to vaccinate their younger kids, uh, especially with the newer technologies. One of the things we're doing is actually using an older technology to develop a COVID vaccine that for kids that's in clinical trials in India now. It's uh, the same technology as the hepatitis B vaccine that's been used by parents in Canada for decades. And maybe that'll gain wider uh, acceptance. But unfortunately, we don't have a partner in the U.S. or Canada to help us with this side of the ocean. But maybe that'll happen as well. I remember our first conversation was early on 
during the pandemic, and you pointed out that uh, 10 years ago at uh, in, in Houston, at Baylor, you had uh, been making significant strides in creating a vaccine to deal with the coronavirus, and then the funding ran out. And uh, I wonder where we are now, and that leads me to the next question, which, of course, and these all tie together, I think. Booster shots, how significantly important will they prove to be? Who should be the first to be considered? And are we sufficiently... Uh, do, are we where we need to be as far as the efficacy of booster shots are concerned or is concerned? Yeah, a few things there. So that's right. So we've been working on coronaviruses for vaccines for 10 years. And that's why I say these are not rushed. These are about the same timeline as anything else. And when the COVID-19 sequence came out in January of 2020, we pivoted for our SARS and MERS vaccine, which we made to uh, making a COVID-19 vaccine. And now that's being accelerated for production in uh, India. And uh, and uh, we think it'll be released for emergency use soon, but we think it's now going through clinical trials in kids. So we're very excited by that. Um, in terms of boosters, we think our vaccine could be used for a booster. We've had some data uh, this week showing that the uh, mRNA or J&J vaccine could also be used as a booster. So if you got one or the other, we haven't had a lot of mix and match data. Uh, now we do. So that's pretty exciting. Your uh, book, uh, Preventing the Next Pandemic, uh, what is necessary to be successful in this regard? And for people who believe that pandemics only come around every 100 years ago, have a look at the last 21 years and see how many there have been. But how do, what, do we, what do we need to do to prevent the next pandemic? Well, we have to recognize that this is a new normal. We've had SARS in 2002-2003, and if you remember, that hit Toronto very hard in 2003. Yes, I do. Then you, yeah, and then you had that shut down the economy for a while. Then you had MERS, Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. That was another coronavirus in 2012. That's why we started working on coronavirus vaccines. We said, you know what, there's going to be a third one, and right on cue came COVID-19. And now we're saying, look, you have to recognize this is a new normal. Every five to 10 years, we're going to get a major coronavirus. And that's one of the things we're trying to do now is build a universal coronavirus vaccine. We had applied the U.S. National Institutes of Health about six, seven years ago to do that, but they told us what we were doing uh, maybe wasn't necessary and wasn't very innovative. <laughs> so there you are. Um, but uh, maybe this time around, we'll, we'll, we can move forward on that. Okay, I just have about 45 seconds. I'll ask you a question that we started the hour with, with the president of the Canadian Medical Association. So we have healthcare workers, including doctors and nurses, advised to become vaccinated immediately or face sanctions, including eventual loss of employment. Uh, that's been done in Canada. I know it's been done in the United States. I read a Washington Post story on that a little bit earlier on the air. What do you think of that? Well, you know, think of it this way. When you go into a hospital and you're sick, you want to know that the person taking care of you is not shedding SARS-2 coronavirus on you from that person's nose or mouth. And so I think for healthcare providers, they have to be vaccinated. Otherwise, they just can't take care of patients. It's not rocket science. It's just common sense. And and, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that some healthcare providers have fallen victim to the misinformation and disinformation or what I now call anti-science aggression that's out there. And, and we have to protect our healthcare workers and we have to protect our patients. Uh, five seconds for this one. It deserves a lot more. Where are you in the United States as far as combating uh, coronavirus COVID is concerned? Are you ahead? Or are you behind? Are you just treading water? Where are you? Well, you know, we started out ahead of Canada in terms of vaccinating. Then we came to a screeching halt over the summer. So you're at 73% of the country fully vaccinated. We're at 57%. 
So there's a lot of unvaccinated people in this country. It's a lot of warm water for the hurricane to pass over. So I think we're in for another wave as, as we go ahead into the fall. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 